Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Guy Relford filling in for uh, Jason Hammer. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart. Francis, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so I'm reading your article here. China doubles down on zero COVID, orders police to hunt down protesters. I think these are pretty big, significant events going on in China right now. Uh, before we kind of drill down into the weeds, can you tell me what it means when China says zero COVID? What does that entail? Absolutely. This is their sort of euphemism for the lockdown brutality that they have over there. And it, the zero COVID basically means constant testing. Whether or not you have symptoms, the government forces you to come in and take a test. And if you test positive or if you're a contact of someone who tests positive, you are either locked down in your own home, in which case by lockdown, I mean it's house arrest. Like the police will not let you out of your house um, or you are bused to a quarantine camp. Um, and the quarantine camp is horrible because a lot of times people who don't have COVID will be bussed into the camp alongside a bunch of people who do. And then what you're doing is basically spreading the disease um, in a very unsanitary environment. So that's the core of zero COVID is lockdowns and quarantine camps. And, and so these these latest rounds of protests in China, I mean, they've been going on for a while, though, right? Have they been going on since 2020 and in different various places throughout the country? Yes, we've seen signs of dissent and violent dissent um, since at least March 2020. Oh, wow. um, there was there was a huge riot in March 2020 in Hubei, which is where Wuhan is, where they were flipping over police cars, they were brawling with cops in the street. Um, so this isn't totally new. the The frequency and intensity is new, but um, they've been doing this for a while. Okay, so so yeah, the frequency and intensity you just mentioned. I've been seeing some crazy footage coming out of China and different parts of that region. What precipitated this new round of protests because like you said the lockdown thing in china has been going on for a long time and we can we can talk about that as well but talk about kind of where these newest protests are coming from so the short answer is two things. One, there was a huge fire in Urumqi, which is in East Turkestan in the Uyghur region, and it was a high-rise fire, and the high-rise was locked down, so the cops couldn't, uh, the fire department couldn't get to the fire, and people just burned to death. Um, oh the estimates are between 10 and 50 people just burned because the firefighters couldn't get to the building. Um, and the other thing is the World Cup. Um, the Chinese people are very into the World Cup, and this is the first time that they get a glimpse of what what the world looks like outside, and not just the United States. They know that the U.S. isn't locked down, but they're also told that we're all dying in the streets here. Um, when they saw really? Cotter, yeah, they, they think that we're, we're all just, you know, the government tells them that, that we're just dropping like flies, but <laughs> Qatar is a friendly country to China, and so they're considered a responsible country, and the Chinese turn on their TV, and they're seeing stadiums full of thousands of people without masks, and no PCR tests, no no COVID theater whatsoever, and that really angered a lot of people. Um, so that seems to be the, the short version of it. The longer version is that we've seen smaller protests in all of the places that we saw protests this weekend before, and it's just built up to this point um, probably since the Shanghai lockdown in April. And is China acknowledging anything here? Are they, are they, are they pointing out these protests in the major cities uh, uh, over the last weekend or so? 
So yesterday there was a very funny moment in the uh, Chinese foreign ministry briefing where a Reuters reporter actually asked, they said, given the amount of anger that we've seen in the past weekend, is China reconsidering zero COVID? And the foreign ministry spokesman was silent for like a minute and just like shuffled his papers. And then he goes, then he goes, can you repeat the question? (laughs) And ultimately his only answer is you have mischaracterized the situation. Um, So, so no, they they really don't seem like they have a grip on what they're going to say about this. And then today, finally, state media started complaining about um, hostile forces intervening from abroad, which is usually code oh. for the CIA. So okay, so it's the CIA's fault. Yeah, it was everybody's. us. Um, we're speaking with Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart. I did want to ask you some questions about uh, the World Cup here coming up in just a few minutes. We'll stick with China here. Um, is there? <laughs> Like some bigger message that China is trying to send to the United States and the rest of the world? Like, like I guess I should say, why should, should Americans be paying such close attention to this? Other than the fact that Fauci and his gang sort of saw what China was doing in 2020 and kind of liked that lockdown model. Well, that's, I mean, that would be my answer is that there are a lot of wealthy, elite, powerful people in the United States who have close ties to the Chinese government and who are sympathetic to a lot of communist ideology. They might not be people who identify as communists, but, you know, you've got people like Elon Musk who has given multiple speeches about how Americans are lazy and entitled and the future is the Chinese, you know, work to the bone slave labor mentality. Um, You have people like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, who is very close the Chinese government. And, and you have people in corporate uh, places, you have people at high places in Congress who are very close to Chinese Communist Party officials. So we should care because the, the Chinese Communist Party is the biggest and most powerful and richest Communist Party in the world. If that party continues to exist, none of us can be free because it funds every other communist endeavor on earth. And it does that with money that we spend at dollar stores, that we spend on basic goods because everything is made over there. And we should also be paying attention to that because, I mean, what's going on there in terms of a human rights level is just, you know, welding people in their apartment buildings is is atrocious to me. Um, and and you, said, you mentioned close ties and it kind of um, it put a light bulb on over my head talking about the White House's and their kind of tepid response when asked about the protests. And and I was wondering what you thought of the White House and, and that weasel, uh, uh, what's his name, Blinken, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the spokesman and, and, and even Biden's, you know, some people saying he might be compromised by the Chinese. What, what did you think about the, the White House's response when asked about these protests in China? Um, totally pathetic and totally predictable. I mean, uh, Biden himself has basically openly said when he became president, I think it was at a CNN town hall like a month into his presidency, he said, you know, I've known Xi Jinping forever. He said that lie about flying with Xi Jinping 17,000 miles or something, <laughs> yeah. which is not yeah. real. And then he said, you know, when I sit down with Xi Jinping, I have to talk about human rights because the American people expect me to and because Americans have certain morals that 
that they are they hold their politicians beholden to. But Xi Jinping understands that I'm doing that only because I have to, which is which was Biden saying, I don't care about any of this, but I know that I can't stay in power, that Americans would be too disgusted with me if I didn't talk about it. So he essentially uh, neutralized any criticism on human rights that he will ever give on China ever again when he said that. And that was CNN Town Hall. It's on video. I'm not making it up. So um, knowing that, it's totally unsurprising that he wouldn't say anything about the protest. If anything, you know, I expected something milk toast because he promised that he would always say something milk toast, and they didn't even go that far, which makes me think they're a little worried that, um, you know, that there's going to be some sympathy for the anti-lockdown, um, you know, anti-COVID uh, yeah. civil rights abuse movement here in the United States if they see that Chinese people are complaining about the same thing. So, Francis, where does this go from here for the for the Chinese people? Is there any... Uh, can you compare and contrast a situation like Tiananmen Square to what's going on now? Is there any comparison there? And and are there signs? Are there any signs that maybe China could be backing down at all from from some of these draconian policies? I don't think so. Um, the only real pressure that's on the Communist Party right now is from foreign investors who are uh, very spooked yeah. by the lockdowns because um, the the big uh, event that kind of preceded these protests is this ongoing riot at the world's largest iPhone factory, which is in China. And it, by ongoing, I mean there's still a riot. Like, it's still totally out of control now, and that's going to hurt the bottom line for Apple. There's estimates that as much as 30% drop in iPhone production. Um, so the Chinese government is trying to use language to dupe foreign investors into thinking the lockdowns are over. So what they're doing is, for example, they've advised Beijing residents not to leave their homes, but they haven't done a formal, they haven't ordered them to, they just advised them to. And, you know, if you know anything about communism, there's no difference, right, between those two words. Um, So that's kind of where they are now. Um, They're going to try to use language to make it seem to the outside world that they're softening, but there's no evidence that they actually are in real life. Kirby, by the way, Kirby, who I was talking about earlier, who oh. had that, not, not, not Blinken, but um, Kirby, who said, you know, the president's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They're speaking for themselves. Yeah, just just absolutely pathetic. And by the way, those, those scenes of those quarantine camps that they're building over there are chilling, are they not? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really scary stuff. Yep, and they have a lot of practice in building yes. those camps because yeah. they've been building concentration camps for the Muslims since at least 2017. Uh, Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart. Can I ask you, can I keep you over for one more segment and ask you about the, the World Cup and some of the things going on over there? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll be right back. Uh, it's the Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. All right, we're back with Frances Martell on the Hammer and Nigel show. She is the world editor at Breitbart talking about some of these uh, just awful uh, draconian Chinese lockdowns, um, the zero COVID policies. They've doubled down. Uh, you did mention earlier how China censors. Are, they're, so China is censoring the World Cup, what Chinese fans can see as these anti-lockdown protests are growing? Yes. So this is very funny because China went out of its way to promote the World Cup for many months because, uh, according to the Chinese government, 70 percent of merchandise at the World Cup is made in China. So they have a lot of money to make. (laughs) 
And then they promoted it, and Chinese people watched it, and it turns out that they were shocked and angered and disgusted when they realized that the World Cup has, you know, 10,000 people maskless in a, in a stadium hanging out while they are locked down. So once that happened, Chinese state TV started editing out images of the crowd from the games. So, like, any time the camera panned to fans, they would just erase that and replace it with a shot of the field wow. or players. Yeah, to, to hide the fact that even Qatar, which is a repressive regime, yes. is not forcing people into these, like, crazy COVID lockdowns. Oh, oh speaking of oppressive regimes, I'm gonna, can I play a, a clip for you here real quick of this reporter from Iran asking the... Did you hear this? The United yes. States soccer player, like a very condescending question about human rights and racism in the United States. Here, listen to this. You're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movements uh, over the past few years. Are you okay to be representing the U.S.? Meanwhile, there's so much discrimination happening against black people in America. In Francis, the USA soccer player had a completely calm and dignified response. I'm wondering how somebody like you would answer that question from that that Iranian propagandist <laughs> reporter when he's trying to lecture him not only on the you know being condescending about the pronunciation of the of the country but also you know racism and human rights and things like that well i'm someone that still struggles between qatar and qatar because yeah i am too yeah <laughs> Um, right. And, you know, they prefer Qatar, but I, I don't, you know, it, it's it's hard. Um, but, you know, in Kiev and Kiev, you could go down sure. this rabbit hole forever. Um, but, you know, my, my response to that is simply uh, no one is getting beaten to death by morality police in the United States for wearing a scarf wrong. Um, there's there's no comparison whatsoever to the rights problems we have here. And Zero. If, yeah, and speaking of Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter was a movement that was freely, openly allowed to protest in the streets. They took over streets. Many of them rioted violently um, and got away with that. Um, so clearly, freedom of expression is not an issue for the Black Lives Matter movement, and it very obviously is for the anti-Islamic regime movement in Iran. Francis, what are you working on over at Breitbart? I know you've got several articles out there right now. Well, um, today we are celebrating the death of Jiang Zemin, who was a former Chinese dictator, uh, died at 96. He was the guy brought in to clean up the Tiananmen Square massacre. He was the architect of the Falun Gong uh, mass killings and uh, organ harvesting operations. And, of course, U.S. media is, uh, wow. you know, honoring him as a reformer who elevated China's uh, economy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm over there trying to set the record straight. Uh, that's Francis Martel uh, over at Breitbart. She's the world editor. We'd love to have you back very soon, Francis. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. We'll be right back. Another hour of the Hammer and Nigel show coming up next, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.